to the How to Sell Insurance podcast. My name is Ryan Federico. I am here, as always, with the wind beneath my wings, Mr. Ashton Delango Lunday, my ray of sunshine, Mr. Keith Fonseca, DJ Debt Free. We have an incredible guest today on the podcast. We are at the Quility National Conference here in beautiful Denver, Colorado. And uh, joining us is managing partner, Symmetry Financial Group, Mr. Brian Delaney. And uh, somebody who, uh, if you're in our circles, doesn't need any introduction, uh, but uh, certainly is renowned throughout the industry. If you haven't heard of him, you guys better pull over. If you're on the treadmill and you're running right now, or if you're driving, pull over, get your notepads, get your pens out, save this video, do whatever you gotta do, because this man has built an incredible agency, knows what it means to produce insurance and to protect families and to inspire other people to do the same. So uh, I want to allow Brian a couple minutes here just to introduce himself and tell us, Brian, how you got started in the business, um, you know, sort of what, what got you into life insurance. I'm sure it was exactly what you wanted to do since you were a little kid. Uh, and then number two, uh, the little something that we've been doing recently is like in the field, okay, in the field, oh, yeah. what's, what's the most embarrassing thing to happen to you in the field? So I fell through a porch, he split his pants, airs got pulled over by the police peeing in a Gatorade bottle, right? So it's like those kind of things. So how'd you get started and what's the most embarrassing thing that happened to you in the field? Okay, all right. Well, uh, Brian Delaney, um, first and foremost, and I wanna say thank you to you guys for just providing a platform uh, for people who were like me 11 years ago, just getting into this industry where they can learn from the best how to be the best, because you guys certainly are that. You guys have accomplished so much more in, in this business, in this industry, in the time that you've been here and are providing platforms for people to learn and grow better. And so that's, that's a big deal. Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, it certainly wasn't my dream. I didn't, uh, (laughs) I, uh, I wasn't like walking around with like terrible suitcases and like didn't, my calendars weren't of midsize sedans, even though my first car was a Saturn SL2, which I feel like, I feel like that was like, if you were going to be an insurance man in the early 2000s, <laughs> that's what you would have driven. Uh, did it have the black bumper or the body colored bumper? No. no so this had gold flakes in it because we were rich, rich. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a hand-me-down from my brother that uh, ended up, uh, yeah, I got tossed through the passenger side of about two months later. So it was great, great times. But uh, yeah, it seemed like a real detour for me, insurance business tell you that it did seem like a big detour for me I had been running my own construction company for about 10 years uh, previous to that I loved doing what I did in construction Mm -hmm. and it was um, you know to be able to walk into some place and and to have it dramatically visibly tact in a very tactile sense uh, sensory in a very full sensory uh, way to be different by the time you left at the end of the day you could see and measure progress And then I got into this business where none of that was available. <laughs> um, and where I was all of a sudden, I went from wearing Carhartts every day, dressing the way that I wanted to dress, just being a, you know, I was, you know, I was, grew up kind of a redneck and it's just like, was dressed the way I dressed every single day. Most days, same clothes, because why bother? <laughs> but um, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> same reason you only make your bed once a week, right? Uh, so, 
That's right. And I grew up as a brown neck. Oh, yeah, yeah, very similar. Very similar, actually. It's it's the bottom end of the income spectrum. That's yes. why. Yes. So, yeah, we were all there. So. Um, yeah. This is a detour. So how do how do you get into insurance from doing construction? It's a pretty rapid shift. I was hanging on the hanging on the top of a forty foot uh, forty foot ladder with a nail gun in my hand. I oh. said. I said, can't do it anymore. I was a single income earner for a family of four. I watched the, biz the companies that I really admired, uh, not um, when the 2008, 2009 came around. I watched them fire all their $100,000 a year employees. I saw, this, uh, I saw them lay them off, quote unquote, right? And these companies that I wanted to be like, I all of a sudden had a realization that I didn't want to be like them anymore. Um, Edward Pritchett, uh, great mentor, great friend of ours, um, hmm. and of mine, he uh, hit me up because my resume happened to be on CareerBuilder, invited me to a company. I, I sent him an email. I said, what's this about? He said, don't worry, you'll like it. And I was super, <laughs> <Yes. de> <laughs> I was super desperate at the time. I walked in and I saw this like overview for this other company uh, that I got started with that looked like a hip hop video. And I was like, that's what I want my life to look like. Red freaking carpets, luxury cars, and jewelry. I don't know why I wanted jewelry, but I wanted, <laughs> like, I, I saw a video of Mike Tyson one time with a tiger. I was like, that's what I want. <laughs> I want a tiger. That was a captive insurance agency. We had Edward on the, the podcast. Uh, episode coming soon for anybody who's wondering uh, and he talked about being at that company and, and being captive and seeking out family and friends and whatnot so then when he made the transition to symmetry was, was that he sort of pulled you along with him or how'd that work oh so he trained me for one day in that company he hired me i was like i saw the i saw the manager of that company i was like this dude's slick and he knows how to make money but off of people not with people mm -hmm. and then i saw edward and i was like i trust this guy because you can see character in people's eyes when they haven't betrayed themselves too much really wow. important like when they haven't done, known the right thing and done the wrong thing they still have it they still have hope right which i think is a powerful thing and i saw that in his eyes and i was like i can trust this guy so i get started with the company he trains me for one day disappears this dude is in the ether <laughs> so I'm stuck. I'm stuck with this slick dude who knows how to make money off of people. And very soon, I know my intuition about both of them was exactly right. It gets confirmed. I see Edward two months later walking down the street. I'm like, bro, where did you go? It was like he dropped out of the sky. He was like, man, I just didn't want to work that hard anymore. I was like, this dude's lazy. I was like, this dude has to be lazy. That's why he left. He was lazy because I was there within a couple of months. I was making twelve, fourteen thousand dollars $14,000 a month. But I was crushing myself to do it. Uh, I was like waking up at 4.30 to leave my house by 5.30 to get to my office at 7.30 to go visit 60 businesses a day wow. to run a team. We used to, uh, I had this one young lady who was on my team. She sprained her ankle and I had to fire her because she couldn't literally go business to business quick enough with us. It was, it was ruthless, but things are ruthless at that level when you're in such a low value position trying to get so much value from it. And that's what they taught me is how to get value from it, not put value into it. Yeah. Mm. And so every time I went in there, I had to put a little bit of my soul away that I was never going to get back. And I knew I was losing that hope that I could always recognize in other people. So, so then, so you see him walking down the street. He's on the other side of the street. You're like, bro. He had to pitch this business to me like five times. He just kept checking in with me because he knew it was only a matter of time. Yeah before I saw it like he knew it was it was literally just a waiting game so he would that I would see what he saw and finally he said how are you how, how are things going then I like kind of did a false start in February of 2011 
And then, um, and then in May of 2011, May 22nd, my birthday, gave myself a birthday present. I went up, collected a $7,500 bonus check, <laughs> resigned right on the spot, and I called Edward on the way up and let him know I was coming to work with him. And I, it was my birthday present to me to set wow. myself free. So, wow. Awesome. Yeah. wow. So, lesson for everybody. Recruit somebody, cold market, train them for one day, leave them, and they will grow a $20 million plus agency, you know, years later. So if they have abandonment issues. <laughs> okay, for everybody. All right. Most embarrassing story in the field, something that happened to you working with clients directly. I, uh, man, uh, most embarrassing story. Uh, uh, I, so I'm, I'm a little bit bad on germs. So I really challenging. So I went into this house and this house was nasty. I'd already learned how to do the seat check, the, the hand check on the seat where it's just to make sure it's safe to sit because I made that mistake before and sat down on a, a little bit squishy couch. And that's uh, so, uh, <laughs> but I was in this house and I was like, you gotta leave, you gotta leave, you gotta leave, you gotta leave, you gotta leave. And uh, I didn't leave. And, uh, and I did the same, I went, I was so in my routine at the time. I was just, I was in my routine. I was like, Hey, uh, can I have some water? I forgot to ask for a bottle of water and this house was nasty as hell. And I, uh, the guy pours the water and it, sh and it shows up in front of me and it's got, it's got fingerprints on it, but they're on the inside of the glass and it's got, it's got a, it's got a film on the top and I'm just, I'm just sitting there. And, I'm just sitting there and I'm just like, it's got, and it's like a thick film. It's, it's nasty. It makes me uncomfortable to talk about now. So, so I'm sitting there, I'm just going through my routine, going through my routine. Guess what happens? You get thirsty. Dude, I just do what I always do. I sit there and I'm in the middle of the appointment. I'm, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, sounds good. And I'm just like, I, I was so grossed out. I literally, I was like, all right, well, it doesn't look like there's anything I can do for you. I just, I left the house immediately. I, that, oh my gosh. I, I went outside and I just like, I was just like by my car, just like, uh, just like scraping out my mouth, doing it. Cause it, it was so, it was, it was, it was so nasty. I've I've had, I've, yeah, a lot of different, I've gotten the house and realized I forgot all my computer. I've forgotten my computer at the house. I've forgotten my uh, debit card at home so I couldn't get gas on the way out. And yeah, I've, I, yeah, yeah. And when you're running in the field and you're doing it that way, now it's different, right? I don't know if it's better. Like people say, oh, I used to wa have to walk uphill both ways. I don't know that it's better because I don't know that I would have been disciplined enough to run appointments that close to my bed. Sure. Right. Yeah. And well, so that's, 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 that's an amazing that's transition because it's it's something that I sort of want to go into as a first topic for you today. And, and we're going to invite also Keith and Ashton to give some of their opinions on this topic as well. But before I do that, we're at a conference and I just want to talk about a flashback memory that I have um, from our first conference. So I wrote my first application uh, in July of 2018. A month later was the Symmetry National Conference in Washington, D.C., and as soon as I wrote my first application, I was on the phone to Keith Fonseca going like, hey, man, we got to go to Washington. 
And he's just like, for what? And I was like, we got to go see these guys <laughs> in Washington because I think this thing is real and we got to go check these guys out. So we flew to Washington and, um, you know, we were super new in the business. We didn't know anything. We came from home improvement sales, so we didn't know anything about insurance. And I just got my license, wrote my first app. Um, and we go into the reception. Tonight is a reception at this conference. And we see who at that point in time is our agency owner. And she is absolutely obliterated drunk. She is like falling over drunk. Her upline is also drunk with her, right? So her manager, so now like my agency owner and her agency owner are smashed, like crazy drunk. This is the first time we've ever been in this company. We're just like, who, who are we working with? What the hell is going on, right? So the next morning after that crazy experience, uh, Keith and I go down to breakfast and we're sitting at the Westin Hotel in National Harbor, D.C., and who comes rolling down at like 6.30 a.m. except for that agency owner, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, no hangover, looking clean and pressed, just like sitting down with us, ready to eat breakfast. And uh, the reason why this pertains to Brian Delaney is because Brian Delaney was jogging along National Harbor and um, along the, the, the ridge there in front of National Harbor. And I was sitting in the chair, and I'd only known Brian from like seeing him on some videos while I was studying for my license or whatever. And I saw this look in Brian's eyes when he was jogging that was almost like an obligation to like, I need to do this so that I'm at my best so I can deliver my best for the people that I'm about to impact at this conference. And it's something that I've come to, to know Brian for uh, intimately is just how dedicated he is to making sure that he's providing his best to the people around him. And I, I saw those eyes, man, of just like, I, I got to make sure that I'm, I'm ready. And it inspired me. And so it's like, you know, it's why I'm up at 5 a.m., you know, like going to the gym and working out and like getting ready to give everything that I can give. And so I just want to thank you for taking care of yourself and providing an example, even though you didn't know me or know that I was looking, but eyes are always on you. Um, and that's, that, that was just an incredible experience uh, to, to then see you on stage. So uh, topics, let's talk about topics because this is about how to sell insurance. Um, the one thing I asked around about this guy because I never produced with him. And uh, when I came into the business, he had a very large team, not that he wasn't writing business, but he had a very large team. He was developing leaders and growing huge organizations and, and making an impact on people. Uh, so I asked around and I was like, okay, talk to me about Brian Delaney's, uh, the producer, right? And he's a little bit more humble if I was like, hey, how'd you produce? He'd be like, oh, I wasn't ever a great producer. But the one thing that Brian did incredibly well was net place business. Uh, everybody across the board was like, Brian Delaney, net place should be in the same sentence. What is net place? That means it got issued and a cancellation didn't take it off. Okay, so it stayed on the books and your overall net profitability, Brian, was amazing at that. And that's a huge part of this business. So I want to, if we can, Brian, just kind of jump into while you, were, while you were starting to produce and you were starting to get your net place business up, what were some of the things, that, the habits that you created in order to make sure that you were getting high net place, high profitability, policies were getting issued, staying on the books, uh, a new agent that's starting with us that doesn't even know what that means, what were the habits that you got into? First, you got to learn how to write business. Like that's mm. the thing is people try to write quality business before they ever write business. It's like, wow. don't, don't try to do something quality the first time, just freaking do it. Just do it and learn how to pay your own bills. And listen, everybody's naturally a little bit lazy. And that's a, a, very few people like, like to admit it, but I just, I use my laziness for me. Okay. So if I'm naturally a little bit lazy 
and I write a lot of business, I want to get paid for as much of that business as humanly possible, sure. right? And so what I realized was I like getting paid for as close to 100% of the work I do as possible. And so, Interesting. And so what I realized was that, that there were some times where the relationship broke down in the home when I was having these conversations with people where they started to, they didn't realize that the more that they told me, the better it would be for them. And yeah. so, it, you mean like health-wise, like the more health, health that they gave you? Everything, Got it. everything. The more, just the more that they gave me, the dig, uh, the deeper they would allow me to dig, and that I was there for them, and that the more transparent that they would be with me, the more transparent I could be with them, and it would allow, if they would be open, it would open them up to receive value, and if I could just give them value in a trillion-dollar business, I was going to get paid ridiculously well, and I was going to stay on the books. And one thing that every single client knew was they knew they might be able to get a lower price, but by the time that I left, they knew there was no time in their life, including now and forevermore, that they were going to go after the cheapest and get the best. Yeah. So let, let's talk, talk about, about that, that because that's a huge difference, especially for uh, those of us that are in the simplified issue business and not in the fully underwritten business. A lot of times we get new agents that come in that are scared of, of price and they want to sell on, oh, I got to get them the best price, the cheapest price that's out there. And one of the things I love that Brian says, when have you ever wanted the cheapest? Nobody ever wants the cheapest of anything. Um, so what are some of the things that you would say sitting with a, a family that would take them from, I'm looking for the cheapest price to I want the most value? Yeah, it's simply, people, people desire to be seen. Like, so many people go through their whole life without ever being seen. Right, and we we have the ability to create a present moment for people, and this is where people get screwed up. They have a high quantity of low quality conversations with people, and I wasn't going to do that. It's like I can't have the quality conversation because of this next thing that I have to do. This next appointment. Listen, here is all that exists. That's it. That's it. This time is all we get because it's the only place that we can add value. It's the only place we can receive value. It's the only place ever. So we're going to make this moment like what's right now. Like, what is this right now and what's the right thing to do now? That's what's most important. And so I would sit down with them and I, I would let them know on the front end. It's like, listen, my job is to get you the best co possible coverage for a reasonable price. Okay? I, want, I do not want you to pay a dollar more for coverage that you don't need or a dollar less for coverage that you do need. And so we're going to find that, and you and I, we're going to talk about that, and we're going to have a really open and reasonable conversation. And by the end of this, you're going to know that this is, A, the start of the process, right? B, that you, you put yourself into a position where if something happens, this coverage is going to be in place for you, right? Because we're going to build a shield that's big enough to protect you, but not so heavy that you can't pick it up on a month-to-month -month basis, right Ooh, and, and wow and 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 listen we're here to have this conversation and if something changes when we get out of here what you're what the only thing that's going to change is you're going to call me and say i need more coverage that's the only thing that's going to change because we're going to find a place to start not a place to finish today i want everybody to listen to just, just the, the phrasing point. here of here's what's going to happen this is what we're going to do yeah. let me tell you what i'm here to do and it's like 
it's like that uh, the Blues Brothers, right? Like, we're on a mission from God, you know what I mean? It's just like, I'm on a mission from God to get you insurance coverage. Here's how this is going to go. Like, that's what we just heard from Brian Delaney. Like, if you can get some of that timber in your voice of just like, here's how this is going to go. I'm so convicted about protecting your family that, like, I'm going to make sure that this happens. And what did he do very naturally? It, like, play this video back and write that down verbatim. Because if you said that in every single one of your appointments, I promise you, you would have a very high close rate, super high net placed rate your business would stay on the books you wouldn't get his cancellations because what he just did was basically uh quell every concern that is the most common concern that our clients have can i afford it is it enough coverage does it meet my concerns do i have to do it all now it's like all those things in in one fell swoop was able to just go here's what we're going to do concern number one off the board concern number two off the board concern number three off the board amazing amazing stuff so play that you know what's super interesting um, so now we've been here two days mm. and we've met with Ayers and Cicely Newsom and we met with Edward Pritchett yeah. and now we're meeting with you, Brian, and we're about to meet with Tim Penso. And what people out there in, you know, insurance land wouldn't know is Edward brought Brian, Brian brought Ayers and Cicely, Ayers and Cicely brought Tim. Yeah. Yep. I don't even think we planned it that we way. But this is the third time now we're having this talk in a different manner in which all three we've invited to this platform, Ayers and Sicily, Edward. Except for I know what you're going, except yeah. for Yeah, Sicily with the very direct, but uh, definitely Edward, Sicily, and you, Brian. Have no said pressure, this, Tim, no pressure. Have said the same thing three different ways, but the same exact thing about taking control, but doing it in a manner that eases and relaxes the client. And that's so super important on two levels. One is, well, heck, we know it works, right? Here's what we're gonna do works, taking charge. But also, people out there think they have to reinvent the wheel, they have to learn everything about how to sell insurance, and what they have to do is just copy the person before them who's having success. And that's what we're seeing in three straight podcasts, the same thing works, and it's been working for you, what, 11 years? Yep, yep. And Keith, let me turn to you. So, uh, I have the privilege of knowing your numbers, um, so calendar year 2022 so far, you're at a 92% net placed rate for the year, uh, getting a lot of business issues. So, uh, what are so? And you write a lot of bigger policies. You write a lot of debt-free life. You write a lot of fo- a lot of fully underwritten business where you got to jump through hoops in order to get stuff done. Not because it's your choice, but because it's the only way to get those types of policies done. Currently, hashtag watch out for what's coming next. Uh, so. All right, so, so what are some of the ways that you're able to keep such a high net place? Like what are some of the things that you're doing after you write the business to make sure it gets issued, to make sure it stays on the books? Like what, what are you doing? There's a couple of things to think about here from my perspective and it's really appropriate that Brian's here uh, because coming to these conferences you know, may sound like, hey, I'm gonna get inspired, I'm gonna learn about insurance, but I'm gonna go back to Dallas. Fort Worth when we were there and I remember Brian gave a very specific speech about relationships I don't know if you remember this and you said and I might be you know paraphrasing but you said in my business relationships and my personal relationships and my family relationships I'm the same in all of them so that way I don't have to be different about where I am I can be me, and so I don't have business relationships, personal relationships, family relationships. I just have relationships. And three years later, that sticks with me. 
right? And so when I get involved with a client, it's a relationship between two friends, two people, family. I always tell them, you're, when you join the Fonseca group for insurance, you're part of my family. You could call me 24-7, you could text me 24-7. While we've been here, I have debt-free life clients who wrote hundreds of thousands of dollars, went through all these hoops, who are on the books for two years, asking me how Denver is. How are you doing? How's the conference going? Like Maintaining those kind of relationships uh, keeps business on the books because they, they bought me. They sure. bought that relationship. Sure. They didn't necessarily just buy the product. So that's so. with the client. So with the client, you're, I'm more than an agent, right? I'm, I'm your friend. I'm your partner. I'm going to be there for you in your time of need. You're coming into my family. And so it's forging those deep bonds with them, which makes sense. You're a very relational person being a, a, a connector, right? Yeah. Um, so what about after you write the policy, though? Like, what are you step to actually getting the business issued and put on the books? Yeah, early on in my career, I'll say I bought into the, if I talk to them two days later, they're going to cancel. Because I was afraid. I was new. I didn't, I didn't know what was going on. And so now um, there's no room for fear in this business. There just is no room. Um, and, and I love what you said about, you know, you can see when people betray themselves in their eyes. Like, I'm one of those people who's betrayed himself over time and learning to grow from that. And essentially now it's become like there's, there's no more fear about protecting a family, right? Yep. It's really, if it's right for them, great. If it's not right for them, great. And I'm going to maintain that connection. So I'm always following up with people day later, two days later. Um, I go as far as not everybody does this, but I share my life with these folks and they share theirs with me. Um, and that really creates a space where they feel safe enough yeah. to call me if there's a problem with the insurance and say, listen, I'm so they apologize. I'm so sorry I have a question. It's like, yeah, there's no need to apologize. Well, I don't want to bother you, but I, I have a question. And they know they can trust me that I'm going to give them the most honest, vulnerable, transparent answer that's best for them. And so that keeps business on the books by making sure that having that connection and not ever seeing them as clients, yeah. right? I see them as just part of my mm. network of family. One of the things that Brian, uh, I remember hearing early on from you, um, is stick to stick to a couple carriers. Yep. Right. Especially so. Oh, some so. of you guys that are listening to this podcast, you're you know you're captive agents. It's totally fine. You don't have you don't have very many carriers. You probably have one. Uh, tune this part out, you know, <laughs> or whatever it is. But if you're a broker, if you're dealing with a bunch of different insurance carriers. Um, you know, I was one that got a little trigger happy and I was just like, Oh, I got to use all these carriers and everything. I'm going to, I'm going to win every trip. Um, and, and it never really worked out that way. And so I know that when your net place got, uh, to a very high level, when your profitability got to a high level, it was because you were kind of just like laser focused on one or two insurance carriers. Yep. Why is that important? It's important because it, it, it's what you're prioritizing. It's what you're prioritizing. It's like, are you prioritizing the product? If you race for the low, in the race to the lowest price, someone will win. And I just don't want to be that guy. Yeah. I don't want to be the person who race. I want to be in the race to the highest value. And what's the highest value? Me being able to call the company and get things done. Whether that's get policies issued, whether that's get, uh, whether that's speed along death benefits, if I have a relationship with those, uh, and for me to get paid too, 
Like I want to be able to call them and get paid. I want to get paid on the, you know, this was back in paper app time. I want to get paid in 48. <laughs> I, I, I want to. Faxing it in. Faxing it in. Faxing it to, faxing it to fax? our IMO, IMO, having to put it in a uh, in a uh, uh, Excel spreadsheet, all the mess, right? But I wanted to still get paid within 48 hours, and I had built a reputation for that with carriers. You try to build a great reputation with everyone, you'll end up building a great reputation with no one. You'll have a, you, you might have an okay reputation with a lot of people. And so what I, what I worked with is I just worked with a couple of carriers. I got focused. I knew exactly who they wanted, when they wanted that, and I knew I could get things done for that client. And that was a big deal because I wanted to keep my word with the client. There's two things in the follow-up that I really love is you get to set the standard for what that follow-up looks like. So, so, so if you have to keep your word, learn how to say less. Right. Learn how to make fewer promises and keep all the promises you make. Right. So, so what are some of the promises you're making? Just I'll show up for you, or, or like no? Those it's small promises. The small promises are: this is the beginning of the process. That I'm going to give you a call as soon as this policy is issued. That's something I always did. Yeah. If I was going to get paid, they were going to get notified that their coverage was in place. Right. That I was going to give them a call. And when I didn't do those things, I apologize. When I didn't get the policies, it was that there was going to be follow-up. Hey, if this doesn't go the way that I, I'm pretty sure it's going to go, we're going to find something that's going to work out really well for you. And you're going to get the best coverage that you uh, possibly can for what you qualify for. Yeah. Right? Those are the promises. So keep I'm, your promise short. I'm committed short. to the process. I'm committed to, I'm committed to the, being your guide through this process because I want you to feel that, to know that feeling of being the hero for your family. And here's what I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you my peace of mind. Nice. That's, that's what you're going to get from this. You're going to get my mindset because if I allow you to keep your mindset, you're still not going to have coverage and you're still going to have money. You're still going to have excess money in your bank account. You're going to be spending it at Starbucks. If you get my mindset, you're, what you're going to do is you're going to be making an investment on a monthly basis where if you pay a little, the company will pay a lot and you're going to have coverage and you're going to have that peace of mind in between the time where your head hits the pillow, your eyes close and you go to sleep that you don't have right now. And that's what I want to give to you. And that's why I get paid a lot of money. This is like Thor's hammer closing right now. It's like, what's going on right now? This is like, you guys, like we, we do these podcasts all the time and people are like, how do I build value like that? Right? Like it's not in selling features and benefits about what this product's going to do and what's going to happen. It's talking with the conviction that you just heard, rewind this back, play it back 30 seconds and just like write it down verbatim. And if you can practice saying that with that confidence, you guys are going to be fine. Cause that was just like high level, high level stuff. It's awesome. Uh, Keith, you have a, a great relationship with a specific insurance carrier. You also stick to a couple insurance carriers and you, I've watched you been able to build a solid reputation of somebody who writes good business and isn't trying to pull one over on them. And you now have that extra little uh, card almost that you can call that insurance carrier and say, hey, can you take a look at this for me? Where, you know, like me, if I don't write that much business with that carrier, they're not going to take a second look at that. So what's that been like cultivating that relationship with that insurance carrier to be able to help push policies through? Well, I learned early on for me, uh, the best company that I could offer them was the one that covered the most people and gave them the most options. So in that vein, I decided it was really important to me to have a good relationship with that company. 
So as soon as I could meet with the national sales rep and talk to him, I did that. Um, as soon as I could start to get to know people in the sales desk there, so people like John A., who just called me the other day, how's the business going, are there things I can help you with, I noticed this illustration, that illustration, do you want to spend some time, the insurance carrier is now calling me. But most of all is underwriting, right? Yeah. The key, the gatekeeper to everything is underwriting. So I made sure every time I called into underwriting for the first little while, I noticed I kept getting the same underwriter. Um, and she's super helpful. And I just said to her, look, I'm new in this business. How can you help me? That's right. Um, and she said, well, call me. Let's spend some time. I'll walk you through things. Because she said, that's going to make my life easier. Totally. So we started doing that. And on a regular basis, this one particular underwriter, um, we formed a relationship. I know that her sister is in you know, uh, a home. I know that her brother-in-law just passed away. I know that her other sister just passed away. These are conversations we've had that have nothing to do with insurance or underwriting. Why are we having these talks on a regular basis when I don't have business sitting with her? Because I care about her and she knows that and she then cares about me and that translates over to any client that I bring through there. Even when I have a case that's challenging and sitting with another underwriter, never does she break the law or her ethics, but I can reach out to her and say, can you give me guidance on this? Got a direct line. She calls my phone. Um, it's just been such a benefit to be able to create that personal relationship with the people that are in charge um, of my pay. That's right. Well, and I love, that was going to be my point exactly. exactly. Is it like, like it boggles my mind sometimes when I hear agents that like call and like yell at underwriters or like cuss out underwriters and stuff like that. It's like those people have their finger on the button of your bank account. You know what I mean? Like, what are you doing? Like, how are you yelling at these people right now? Um, but, you know, one of the things that I think is important that, that Keith is talking about is is building that relationship and, and Keith isn't saying that like he's greasing or buttering up an underwriter so that if he has a case that shouldn't get approved that that underwriter approves it right what he's he's building a relationship so that if there is something that can be done it will be done and if there is something that that can get a second look he'll be able to get a second look because he's got a track record and a history of doing good business right <laughs> with with those insurance carriers uh, all right, switching topics real quick. Uh, we, I want to switch into probably one of the things that Brian said that impacted my... Um, ...the most, and uh, my tenacity. And that's really, I think, the next half of this is just talking about grit and determination. But there was this thing that you said, maybe you say it all the time, maybe it was just one time that you were caught fire but you were talking about leaving a house and being disappointed and slamming your hand down on the dash of your car yep. and saying never again, yep. right? Never again will I not know that I can write this. Never again will I not know that I can use this rebuttal. Never again will I not call my upline from the house, like whatever it is, but taking that personal responsibility to have that grit and tenacity of just like, I'm gonna get better. And man, I've, I've done my best to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's hard, but I just want to hear you expand on that because like what, the way you attack the phones coming from construction, yeah. going hardcore, like it took some grit and tenacity and just that determination that I think is the great separator of 
any like not even just average to exceptional agents from anybody who makes it in this business and people who don't right so what what's what's your take on that grit and tenacity yeah people speak all the time they say they want this they want to they want to be wealthy they want to be at the right weight they want to have great relationships what they're doing is they're speaking from a place of desire of feeling right of circumstance right how their circumstances are right now but people act out of necessity yeah right and so when, when it became, it was necessary for me to win here. It was necessary. It was necessary for me to prove that I could do this. I was a single income earner for a family of four that, mm. was, that was in a place where I just need to make it happen. I don't, I, you're, my kids never understood what being broke meant. <laughs> they, just, they just saw me being broken from 70 to 80 hours a week and wondering why dad's not around. Like why, why like I was, <laughs> I was paying child support while I was still married. Like, what the heck was that, right? I was just putting money in the bank account. And so when I came here, I knew I wanted something different, but, and then I felt like I was in over my head, but I found out that, that my skills were just shallow, that my philosophy was just shallow. The pool wasn't deep. My, my skills, my philosophy, my mindset was shallow. And so I just learned how to start digging deep. And what digging deep for me meant was to demand a level of expertise that was gonna get paid. Yeah. And in a trillion dollar industry, what you have to do is you have to learn how to value, uh, add so much value to the industry that the industry, you're, you're holding the industry hostage it's to paying pay. you money. Yes, yeah, forced to put, put money out because of the ridiculous amount of value that you add. And what I realized was I was holding stuff in. I was holding stuff in. I was, I was asking the client, like through the way that I was doing things with a level of timidity, right? I was just so timid. I was asking them, am I doing a great job? Like I wanted them to tell me that I was wow. doing a great job. I wanted value from them. You they wanted validation from them. They, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I needed value from them. They needed value from me. Neither of us got anything, <laughs> right? We were, all, we were all broke. And what I realized was I was not saying the things that needed to be said in the home. I was not saying those things. And I, I would, cause I would go out and back out my car. I would end the appointment and be like, man, I, I would have just said this and I should have said this. And I, I made a promise to myself at that moment. And that you always have to have a driver. And for me, it's my son, it's my stepdaughter. It's, it's like, for me, it's, it's, it's the people who I owe it to. And I was like, for them, for me, I will not leave a house without saying what I need, what needs to be said. I will not. I will no longer do that because I realize that either way, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to pay tuition to learn these lessons, or I'm gonna start getting paid for practicing the lessons that I've learned. And now there there were several moments where I was like, okay, I'm just gonna say it. And I put people in in positions where they had to have reasonable conversations. One of the guys on my team, Devin Johnson, talks mm-hmm. about having reasonable conversations. Yeah, and I was so see, I was so afraid of being a pushy salesman. That, that, I, that I wasn't even a good one, right? That I wasn't even a good one. And mm, so what I had to do good. was I had to be okay with going to the other side of the spectrum where I learned how to have reasonable conversations with people about their real situation, not just acceptable conversations where I could be their friend. Because I, if I left their house being their friend without them getting covered, then I just screwed up my job. The one job I had, I have one job, and I just, I just get, I, man, I, I've got a broker's license, not a freaking friend license. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm a broker's license, not a friend license. I, yeah. My job is to get them insurance and I would walk out of the home and they would like me. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and listen, listen, people, people like nice people. 
Yeah. They like nice people. They respect good ones. They respect, and I wanted to be a good man, not a nice one. So, it, so, so I guess in summary, it was a commitment to your vision and a commitment to the people that were depending on you yes. that you were going to care enough to confront your fear about being viewed as a pushy salesperson or not being liked and take it to the mat, basically. Yeah, Bring exactly. It. I was no longer going to I was, I was no longer going to have shallow skills. It's like, it's easy to drown in the shallow side of the pool when, you, when you're laying down. It was time to stand up, right? It was time to stand up, and that's what, that's what I learned. I learned how to stand up for myself, stand up for my clients. I learned how to stand up for my family, stand up for my future, and just say what was in my chest, and, and just get that out, and allow them the opportunity to make their choice. Yeah. Because that's, choices got us here, and choices will get us there. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I, the, the next the sort of person I want to expand on this is actually Ashton, believe it or not. He's, uh, he's been making sure that this live stream is going, uh, going well. He's been jumping around, changing lights and stuff like that. But um, that same grit and tenacity, uh, I, you know, I would love to say that I had it. I had a pretty decent amount of money when I came into the business and like, was, was okay financially. Um, and I've watched Ashton from a completely different angle have the grit and tenacity and that completely different angle is competition probably one of the most competitive people that I've, I've ever met in my life who's like it doesn't even matter like what it could be for like twenty dollars and he's like i don't care and that's something that i heard like uh, one of the things that brian said we were talking about a dial team and brian was like the right people will fight over a plastic cup right the wrong people will fight over a thousand dollars you know or whatever it is and, and so it was like Ashton, I've watched you just be so tenacious in like grit and determination of like, I'm knocked down, I'm getting up off the mat for that, like, I'm going to win, like, I'm going to shit, like, I'm going to prove or whatever it is that's happening. I just want you to talk about that, man. Like, what's been that driver of grit and determination for you when stuff's going sideways, you know, and you, and you pick yourself back up? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I mean, for me, I don't know, I think it's just my nature in general. I love competing. I love sports. Uh, I played sports all growing up um, and, you know, had a lot of scholarships out of, out of high school for sports. Um, so competing's always been fun. Uh, I, I love playing any sport there is. Uh, there's not many sports I, I haven't played, from football to basketball to rugby to soccer to ping pong to tennis to ice skating to hot broom hockey. Yeah, you know, uh, gymnastics, you know, I, I've done all kinds of different things. Uh, I just love competing in general. Uh, I think it's just who I am uh, innately. Um, it's almost like when I see you experience a loss, though, and I don't want to cut you off, it makes you go harder. Like, you get knocked down, and you're just like, I'm going to do twice as much. Like, it's, it's not even a question. It's this determination in your eyes. It's just like, you're not going to beat me. And it's like, does that just, does that come naturally? Do you have to will it? Like, do you get defeated and have to like convince yourself or like? Yeah, I think there's a few things there. Like for me, you know, my background obviously is, you know, I have my bachelor's in, in pastoral ministry, getting my master divinity. And for me, my, my mindset always is nothing's going to happen that wasn't supposed to happen. So that's, that's always the first side. So getting down and defeated typically doesn't happen for me. It's like, all right, hey, listen, whatever happened, whether good or bad, it was supposed to happen. Whether I wanted it to or not, it was going to happen um, because that's what, you know, God had planned. So in terms of getting defeated, I, I typically don't find that side. 
um, or anxious, really. My wife absolutely hates that. Um, she's like, why aren't you upset right now? Why aren't you worrying about this? And I'm like, like God's God. yeah, that's, that's pretty much it for me. Um, and she really doesn't like that part um, at all. Get into that mindset, I think our world would be a much better place. So, you know, like, that's awesome, man. Yeah. He's being really modest right now. He saw us wearing these shirts, and then he had to get one and, and show, shirts, show us how to, <laughs> how to make it look better. Oh, my God. Well, and, and, like, one of the things that I admire, and then I want to get to just my last, my my last, last thought that I want to grab from Brian, but uh, one of the things I admire is that, like, it's not even competing with people who are around you. Like, you just pick a random target sometimes, and you're like, I'm going to compete with that person. I've never met him. I don't know him, but I'm going to smash him. You know what I mean? Or, like, I don't know if it's smash him, but just, like, I'm going to show that I'm as good as them or whatever. Do you get inspired just from, like, random stuff? Like, do you see a commercial on TV, and you're like, I'm going to be like that guy? Like, what, what, what kind of makes that tick for you? Because there's so many new agents that need that inspiration or that goal to shoot for or that push to go be better than somebody or be as good as somebody or I, the belief like Edward was talking about. I can be as good as these people. Where, what do you get from that when you see other people? I think for me, um, I, I, I definitely can get inspired pretty easily. Uh, I've thought about this a lot recently. I love mastering things. Um, no matter what, I love tech. Uh, obviously, we're able to bring all this stuff with us, and I did videography before and learned it, took courses and learned. Um, and, and I really love mastering things. Uh, and same thing when it came here. Like, I wanted to get as good as I could at dialing. Everyone said dialing was the worst thing ever. And I was like, okay. Like, I remember my first set of dials. I was like, this is, this is fun. Like, how many people can I get to, to make a friend before we hang up? Or, hey, you have this objection. I was telling someone the other day, I think it might have been Jordan Mitchell, um, Jordan and Drew. I was like, I almost hate when I have, like, these appointments. I just walk in, here it is. And cool, great. Can I get option one, please? I'm like, Hey, like, you, you sure you don't have, like, any objections? Are, are you, you don't have any questions? Like, are, are you sure? Uh, and so, like, for me, like, I love that because it's, you know, how much can I sharpen my skills to be better in order to help others? And so I, that's a lot of my passion. Awesome, man. Speaking of endless pursuit of greatness, is actually, and phones, is a perfect transition. The last question. Jimmy Spieldenner. Yeah. Titan in this business. Those of you guys who don't know Jimmy Spildenner, um, you're worse off for not knowing Jimmy Spildenner. Uh, anybody that this man touched, their life was better, mine included. Everybody, everybody sitting here is included. And so what, where I want to get to, Brian, because I know that you didn't have a problem coming in and, and hitting the phones. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have a problem coming in and hitting the phones. He didn't, but Jimmy was horrible at the phones, right? Yeah. So now here you are, grit and determination, no matter what. I'm not leaving a house unless this gets done. And you've got this, this guy who has the same drive, right? But has a, a gap in skill set, yep. right? So how, how do you transfer your grit and determination to somebody like that who's struggling with the phones, right? And who's, who probably wants to quit, you know what I mean, or whatever, like... How do you do that? Because if we're building an agency, we're going to run into people like that, right? So what, what were some of the tips that you would give people for that? For him, so anytime I look at, and, and like I, Jimmy passed away uh, in November, he's, he's, not, he's, he's not gone, he's, mm -hmm. he's in us. Like we, you, hear the 
you can hear the resonance of him in me. Like his his voice, his impact echoes in the souls of the people that he touched. And you can hear that push that came from that time. And when you see somebody who has a mindset, who cares about a skill gap, right? It's like booking appointments for him on the phone was hard, but winning was not because he had won before. So you just get people doing what they're used to doing, right? He had won before. So I was watching him beat his head up against the wall on the phone. I was like, go win. Go win, man. Go find a way to win. You got to find a way to win because he loves to win. So I was like, he was like, the, the phone. I'm like, why are you focused on the phone? Go see people. Go see people. Just go see them. If you're so good at this, if you know how to win, go see people. You saw people all the time in the rest. He went and saw people, and he wrote his first couple of apps on door knocks, and he was like, oh, this is simple. He got on the phone, and he was good. <laughs> he, was, he was fine. He was all, after that, he was fine. The other thing he did was he had to release his business and himself from unnecessary conditions. Like right, uh, such as like uh, as far as conditions, like oh, it has to be this way to win, or I have to feel like this if I'm gonna win. It's uh, people putting conditions on the future about how they're going to show up and what it's gonna be like. People, some people are like, well, you know, I don't, I don't need to make a lot of money because I, I, money's not important, or I, I'm not the type of person who's willing to be pushy. Like for me, I'm not the type of person who's willing to be pushy, or I don't want to bother anybody. Right? All these conditions that we make up about a future that's not even here yet, yeah. right? It gets crazy, right? You're, you become a crazy person when you think about that. You release those conditions, you get free. He released himself from those conditions. He got free to win again, which is what he knew how to do. And, so, and that's why he was able to help so many other people because he realized that the phones were just a representation of false conditions that he had placed on a future that didn't exist. And he freed himself up to start being able to make choices again instead of running into obstacles. Because sometimes this happens with like, hey, uh, why don't you practice writing some applications on your warm market? Like, why don't you reach out to your friends and family? And why don't you get your first applications done from the people in your life that want insurance? And that builds the confidence to get somebody on the phone talking to people that they don't know or like this example once you you've you've been around people your whole life you can talk to people this is awesome clearly the phones are a struggle how about we just skip this and you just go straight to their house and you just start talking to people right um and and breaking through that barrier to then make what what, what used to seem hard seem simple now right because you did the part that came after it that's right that's right and that's that's where, that's where the mindset changes, right? Because the th- same thing that's in your way as somebody who's starting in the insurance business, the same thing that was in my way, that's the same thing that's in all these ways, all of our ways, right? And, yeah. and, and you, we're, you're looking at people who are like, you guys are, are titans with what you do. You're not in the top 10% of our company. You're in the top 10% of the industry as far as performance and consistency and the way you're building agencies and all that. And it's like, if, if you're the only thing that's in your way, why don't instead of changing your mind about what you did why don't you change your mind about what you're doing and right and i remember having a mentor who i would hang out with him every day and he anytime you asked him how he was doing he would always say the same thing always be like man never had it so good just another day in paradise always say the same thing (laughs) right and so so a a buddy of mine was coming uh was coming down the steps to this uh place we're going up to get coffee and i'm sitting there with this guy and he's 55 years old this dude's pouring in my life changing my life because i was i was in a bad spot at that point and uh he asked me he's like hey he asked uh both of us uh virgil and i he said 
hey, how are you, how are you guys doing? Both of us at the same, the same time said, hey, man, never had it so good. Another day in paradise. Yes. Don, Donnie was like, Virgil, you brainwashed that boy. Virgil said, that boy's brain needed washing. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and so, so sometimes we just have to change our minds because the way that we're thinking is actually trapping us in a prison mm-hmm. that we're making. And just release yourself from the conditions that you're putting in place so that you can get back to choices. Uh, rest in peace, Jimmy Spilldenner. Uh, will be absolutely missed, but the impact will be lasting forever, man. That, that impact will be lasting forever. I want to uh, thank Brian Delaney for being just an incredible mentor in my life, teaching me uh, some of the most important things that I needed to learn in this business, especially as a, a very young entrepreneur, a very hard-headed entrepreneur, <laughs> right? Um, make sure, I want uh, uh, Keith and Ashton just to be able to say uh, their thanks as well, but make sure that you guys uh, go to writemoreapps.com, like and subscribe to this video, check us out on all podcast platforms, we're on everything, we even got video on Spotify now, we got enough subscribers, holla! Uh, so check us out, writemoreapps.com, I'm going to kick it over to Keith Fonseca. Whatever you want to say to Brian Delaney is your final words, man. There's not enough time to, uh, you know, we thank guests all the time. There's one specific incident. I won't go into the whole story, not enough time. But we were on a cruise ship, and uh, Edward introduced me to you and said, Hey, Brian, this is Keith Fonseca. And it was a... Uh, it was a trip for high-producing performers, and I was on the trip as a guest. And you just plainfully asked me, what did you do to get on this trip? Um, and I was so embarrassed in that moment because I didn't have an answer. Right? I, I like felt this big, and I walked away from that conversation and said, that will never, ever effing happen to me again, ever. And I went out and wrote 187,000 in the next six months. And I saw you four months later, and I thanked you, and I I walked up to say, hey, my name's Keith, and you said to me, I know who you are. And I'm like, what, you do? And you said, yeah, I see your name on the leaderboard every week. And I was just so moved. Um, And in that moment, it took a very, like, embarrassing moment for me to wake me up to the true value that I can bring to this industry and this world. And I I just want to say thank you for that. That changed my whole, I'd written nothing up until that point. And that changed everything. You never know the the impact and the ripple effects effects of bringing high challenge to somebody is going to create in their world, man. Ashton? Uh, Yeah, I think for me, I I remember, uh, what was it, a few months ago, I gave you a phone call and I was was talking like, man, like, I'm trying to figure out this recruiting thing. Um, you know, being able to bring more people in. I'm not having a, either I'm extremely talented, which is possible. And I just have all, and I'm hiring all the people that don't want to work. Either that's it, or I got to fix something and something's got to change. And I remember, you know, sitting there talking with you on, on the phone and going through like, what is that? What does that look like when you're talking to them? Like, what are you talking about? Um, talk about the company, absolutely, but, but what about you? They can, they can find this opportunity at literally any company in the world. What makes it different working with you? Why, why work with Ashton instead of ABC Company with John Doe or XYZ with Susie? Why you? Why here? Um, and that was a really big catalyst in in my business, in terms of, uh, of the building side, I know we didn't talk a lot about building today, 
but that was a, a really big catalyst for me. And you just took, I think you're driving back from some kind of vacation. Uh, you took 30 minutes on your car ride and uh, talked to me. So I definitely appreciated that. It, it was a huge help for, for my business. Wow. Well, Tampa. enough. Thank you so much, Brian Delaney, for joining us, man. And uh, we will catch you on the next one. Later, everybody.